0: If that was the case, we would not have any experience of the gospel.
1: These truths I know, and I know them because God tells me so in Scripture. You're listening to 1A, a ministry of First Presbyterian Church, episode 40. If you're looking for NPR's podcast on First Amendment issues, we're still not them. But before you turn us off, why don't you stick around? We're not that long, and you may find that theological interpretation and constitutional interpretation have more in common than you think. I'm Josh Guires, the Minister of Counseling and Congregational Care here at First Press. 1A is a podcast designed to take a brief but in-depth look at counseling issues from a pastoral perspective. If this is your first time giving us a listen, we want to welcome you. We appreciate you taking the time to check us out. We hope this ministry is a blessing to you and those around you. For more information, you can visit our webpage, which is firstprezcolumbia.org forward slash 1A. That's firstprezcolumbia.org forward slash 1A. To find out how to contact us or how to subscribe, listen to the end of the show. If you do find this ministry useful, then subscribe using the application of your choice, and every Monday a new episode will be waiting for you. Also, while you're there, leave us some comments. As we increase the number of reviews and comments, it becomes easier for others to find our podcast. In this episode, 1A goes one-off, as we take a break from our normal series to respond to some listener feedback. First, we discuss where Dr. Thomas is going for the next couple of weeks, and hence why we won't have any new content. Then we discuss the problem of the existence of sin, and end with the existence of pain. Thanks for being with us, and if you have a question you'd like us to wrestle with, then contact us. Who knows, if you leave us a message, your call might be the next one-off episode. Now, let's get to our show. Good afternoon, Derek. Good afternoon. Well, this is going to be uh, the last episode for a couple of weeks. We're going to take a couple week break because we will not be you and I here together over the next couple of weeks. You're going well, to be gone. I'm going to be gone. I'm going to go to Ligonier. Ligonier.
0: Uh Speak at Ligania, and then... I'm embarrassed to say this. I am, I'm speaking, let me emphasize the speaking part, uh, on the Caribbean Ligonier cruise. I know, my, my <laughs> friends are, are not happy at all about this, but I, I'm working. Somebody had to do it.
1: Someone, someone has to have this so it's life.
0: On a, it's on a ship that's got 18 decks. Wow. Uh, there's some kind of mock... Uh, forest in the middle of it. What? Uh, like like the Central Park, and it's a take on Central Park.
1: Some some people are forced to live this life, Derek, no. where they have to minister These to people. These
0: people too are sinners, right?
1: On a cruise ship, and they need the gospel in the Caribbean. Yes, that good. Precisely. Good. So uh, maybe just in case we're picking up listeners um, from NPR. We have seen an increase in traffic. We've actually seen so. If you are an NPR listener, we want to welcome you. Stay here. Listen. Um, but but if someone doesn't know what Ligonier is, can you give us a high-level overview of what Ligonier is and the conference and all of that? Ligonier is a ministry
0: uh, based uh, on – uh, R.C. Sproul or sp- Sproul, 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 R.C. Sproul, R.C. <laughs> uh, as we call him, uh, who is something of an icon mm. in our times um, as an apologist and as a minister of the gospel, and uh, based now as Legionary Ministries is in Orlando, uh, Florida. And has a publishing ministry, a conference ministry. Uh, It has the Reformation Bible College, Mm. uh, which is um, maybe five or six years old now. Mm. Um, It has Table Talk, Mm. which is perhaps the best um, daily devotional. Mm. Around. I mean, what, what is it if it's not Table Talk? Right. And um, uh, so I, I would thoroughly recommend, if you're looking for a daily devotional,
1: um, I, would, I would urge you to subscribe to Table Talk. And they have podcasts as well. Uh, one of our friends does five minutes in church history. Uh, Stephen Nichols Stephen Nichols um, and Steve
0: is going to be on this cruise too
1: oh you guys are hurting you know,
0: so we're, we're going to be suffering together. missionaries together it's going to be hot you know, <laughs> and we're going to have to <laughs> deal don't, with uh, don't talk to me about bugs hot. and stuff R.C.
1: Right. Sprawl. I've met him a couple of times but his book Chosen by God uh, monumental in my life Uh, When I first became reformed, I read the Westminster Confession, and that was, of course, the doctrine that I originally wrestled with. There were were many that I would wrestle through, but the doctrine of election was the first one. Um, And someone gave me a copy of His Chosen by God. And it is written on a level that your average consumer can read and digest and understand. And I really think that is the lord's gifting in rc's life was that he was able to teach really high doctrine in a way that your average person feels like they really understood and can get it i I don't know if you remember this or not but when you asked me to be your research assistant at rts jackson how long ago now 10 years ago 11 years ago was in the last century right right um when you asked me you get you given me this thing, right, and, and what listeners, maybe they're picking up on is sometimes Derek likes to give people a hard time. And so I was obviously deer in headlights when I came into your office. Um, and you gave me the spiel about how this position was usually reserved for someone who was going to go do a Ph.D. in systematics. And I remember I did you did say that. And I remember looking behind me because the door was behind me to see if you were talking to someone else. Because I thought, you must be talking to them. I I sat down, and then someone came in behind me, and you must be talking to them. But lo and behold, it was not empty, and you were talking to me, and I remember telling you, Dr. Thomas, I I need you to know that all of my systematics pretty much come from R.C. Sproul. (laughs) And you said, Josh, everyone's here, systematics come from R.C. Sproul. You're just willing to admit it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, good. Uh, we know you know we probably
0: know dozens of people and and out there there are thousands of people who who have been influenced by uh chosen by god yes um as their entry point into the world of reformed theology and uh, the doctrine of god's sovereignty election mm. reprobation all, all of that mm. and um and, uh, that book, um, has probably been one of the most influential books,
1: uh, in, in the last 50 years. Wow. If you, if you had one R.C. Sproul book, do you have one that you would say?
0: Yeah, well, it's probably that one. Yeah.
1: Um, only because
0: of its, of its significance. But, I mean, R.C.'s written a f- hundred books. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the hundredth book was published within the
1: last few months. It was a children's book. Yeah, yeah, and and his right. the the breadth of his writing is also right. interesting, and not not interesting, but it's um, praiseworthy that he could read or, or write everything from an apologetic to systematics to you know how to read the Bible. He's got a, how to read the Bible, and, and then children's books. And he wrote our hymn. That that we the church at first, is him that's right. The church is him that we have and that we sing a lot, a lot. That's yes. right. At most of our official functions, yes. RC Sproul wrote an amazing man. Okay, so Derek, we love our listeners. And we get feedback from our listeners. Every once in a while, we'll even get a caller. We got one last year from the mysterious Kevin, who called and asked us a question. And we have another listener who has called and has given us a question. Would you like to hear it? Yes, I would. Uh, and all that this proves is that we have two listeners. <laughs> That's true. We have Kevin, and we have this new listener. And this listener is very young. Very young. Um, and probably three listeners, Kevin, this listener, and my wife. Uh, Okay, so here is our next question. Why didn't God just make the world perfect so there would be no sin? Okay, so Derek, when we started this, did you in any way, shape, or form imagine an eight-year-old calling in and asking theological questions?
0: Well, knowing Walker... Yes, I'm not surprised. This is a really good question, Walker, and and the question was, why did God not make a world uh, without sin, or why did God not make a world that that was perfect? Right, and that's a really good and difficult, tricky, yeah, sort of question. Um, you know, all those questions that begin with "what if" and and. And imagining a different reality to the one that actually is. Mm -hmm. You know, but consider consider the possibility that God could create a world that is perfect. And no one one denies God is sovereign. God is able to create a world that is perfect. So why did he create a world in which both angels and human beings had the power of... Free will, let's call it that, yeah. to um, to decide, make decisions that were contrary to God's will, contrary mm. to perfection. Yep. That, that they were able to sin. Yes. Well, imagine if that was the case. If that was the case, we would not have any experience of the gospel. Mm. We wouldn't have any experience of what we call divine grace. Right. God showing favor to those who do not deserve it. Yeah. God is perfectly just. So if the world was perfect, if every human being that ever lived was perfect, God would be bound by the standards of his justice to reward them yeah. accordingly. And it would be it would be a matter of justice. It would be a matter of equity. Mm. Sorry, I'm using words that an eight-year-old right. may find difficult, but Frank can can interpret interpret for his us. father, Frank, yes. his father. Yes. So, from one point of view, if God had made a world that was perfect, there would be no sin, and therefore no need for a mediator, mm. no incarnation of Jesus mm. to. Be the substitute and and sin bearer, to be uh, the propitiation for our sins. Mm. Uh, it's it's one of the reasons. And this is this is not being wholly technical here, but uh, this is one of the reasons why Augustine, Augustine, mm. used the phrase uh, "felix culpa." Mm. Um, happy fault
1: Hmm.
0: in other words uh, and what he was suggesting I think was that there is in some sense um, a divine necessity Uh, we have to be very careful here Hmm. a divine necessity for sin Hmm. if God's Graciousness right. is to be revealed. Right. Now, we're in the realm here of a lot of philosophical hypotheses. Right. That if grace is indeed a quality of God, how could that quality ever know? being how could it have any existence how could god ever show it reveal it in a world without sin right i'm not sure where all that takes us walker right but what i'm really really thankful for is that despite the fact that the world isn't perfect he sends his own son Mm. to die for us Mm. to redeem us Mm. to promise to us in the gospel a world that is perfect yeah because in heaven yeah. and technically we're talking about the new heavens and the new earth right. it will not be possible to sin yeah. now sin will still exist in the universe hell will still exist Satan mm. will still exist the mm. damned will still exist so the universe will still have will always have sin in it mm. but it but there will be a boundary between that realm and the new heavens and the new earth. Mm.
1: This is where also in in counseling, people ask this question all the time. And it's not just eight-year-old children. It's people who go through grief and hurt and pain. They ask, why did God make it a world in which suffering exists and, and where we would make a decision that let suffering in or perhaps
0: a, a less complicated question yeah. why couldn't god have spared me from this right you know it's it's again imagining a possible world right. in, in which a different outcome yeah would be would be possible
1: right well and you know it, you, you talk about where we're going in glory where it won't be possible for us to sin and, and people, you know, in, in our imaginations, in our, in our own sinful hearts, we kind of want to ding God either way, right? Where if he creates us so where it's possible to sin, it seems like our hearts just sin. That's what they want to do. They run after sin in themselves. But if he makes us from, from our origin like we will be in glory, that is that it's impossible to sin, people want to ding God that we weren't free, Right? That okay, we don't so have used freedom. This, this word twice now. Ding. Ding. Ding, yeah, ding yeah, is yeah, a yeah. verb yeah. yeah, you can ding somebody for something, right? Yeah. Meaning meaning Am blame. Con- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Demerit, I guess, you know, okay. take. Uh, I, I find that oftentimes and it's not Walker here, I don't think, at all. I think this is an earnest question, but in counseling, I think sometimes questions like this act as a sort of shell game. Um, for something I don't think is fair. Um, and trying to get people to say, look, uh, sin happens, um, things that we would not want to happen happen to us. We don't quite understand. And God is under no obligation to make us understand. Right? One of, the, one of those pet peeves of mine is when people um, guarantee someone else that they will find out in heaven why a particular thing happened, why certain suffering happened. And that seems to me to be unfounded in Scripture, and it seems like you are now taking the property of omniscience and applying it to us. You would have to know so much in order to understand suffering and why suffering happens. And so, instead, taking them to something like Romans 8. uh, Not in a um, trite way but in a very earnest suffering with those who suffer crying with those who cry but showing them a Romans eight twenty eight passage and say look all things do happen um, for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes that is, that is true that's a true statement even if we can't resolve all the tensions about why sin came in why we weren't allowed to not sin and why suffering is here Right, these truths I know and I know them because God tells me so in scripture
0: and, and we also we also counsel people that one of the reasons why sin, suffering, trial difficulty happens in our lives is to draw us closer to him yes you meant it for evil but God means it for good yes. that there's a good purpose yeah. in the flow of evil in yes. the world, and as that evil often impacts us personally mm. Mm. that there is a good end mm. that God so superintends it all mm. and, and and governs it all, that there
1: is a good eventual purpose in it, you know there's an activity that sometimes. I've had people do with me. I don't know if I've ever done it in counseling, but I've had a couple professors do it where they will tell you, you know, graph out in your life. So, you know, five years, 10 years old, 15 years old, graph out your life and then scale it. How much suffering you were under, right? Um, Where it goes from one to 10. And so you're just drawing a line graph. And then below that, do the exact same thing, except draw out how close you felt to the Lord and draw it as a line graph and oftentimes you'll find that those same seasons in which suffering seems so acute are also the times in which you felt fellowship of the lord so closely You know, and do i understand that correlation not necessarily do i wish it were the other way around do i wish that we would run after the lord when the um, sky was clear and there were no storms yes but it seems to be that we run to the lord when it's stormy And we feel overwhelmed and we don't know our way out. You've been listening to 1A, a counseling ministry of First Presbyterian Church. We encourage you to listen to all our episodes, which you can find on our webpage at firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. That's firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. You can also check us out on all your favorite podcasting applications, such as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, then subscribe. Also, don't forget to tell your friends and family about us as well. If you have comments, questions, or issues you'd like us to wrestle with, contact us. You can reach us at our email address, which is 1a at firstprezcolumbia.org. That's 1a at firstprezcolumbia.org. Or via our Twitter account, which is at 1apodcast. That's at 1apodcast. Or by phone, 803 281 803-281-1-7-9-5. For Dr. Thomas, I'm Josh Squires. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, thanks for listening, and God bless.